0: Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. So, because I'm a trainer and because Ron is so nice as to ask me to speak, I'm going to get you to speak. So, would you just speak to your next-door neighbour and tell them how you decide what you're going to give to God? You have 30 seconds. Go. So, what's your answer? How do you decide? Somebody's going to shout at me because I'm not going to run around with a microphone because I've run out of time. How do you decide what you're gonna to give to God? The first 10th. Yay, who's been reading their Bible? Who's been in Leviticus? Who's glad we're finished Leviticus? Now, honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I actually quite enjoyed it. How else do people decide? so there are lots of different ways we can decide first tenth first tenth of what what he gives us what does he give us everything first tenth of everything so for example this morning I've been to the back on the way in to try and decide what I'm going to have for lunch when I get home And so God has given me my lunch for today. So I've got curly fries times two. It's going to be a very carb-heavy lunch today. A baguette. I'm I'm not eating all the curly fries. I do have a husband and a son, just before you think about it. A baguette. And um, extra-thick loaf. Now, when I say I'm going to give a tenth of everything to God... Do I include this? Because hasn't God provided this for me? What do we give? Matt, can you um, on my PowerPoint, can we go to the pie chart? Now before any of you get freaked out by finance, we are talking food and pies. So we have to have a proper pie chart. I didn't bake the pies, and no, I'm not eating them for lunch. A pie chart. So what is your 10% of? Is it 10% of, well, when I've bought everything else? No. Before you buy anything else. So let's say, for example, you go in for the slightly cheaty option. That you get your money in, and you take your mortgage out, and you take your council tax out, and you take your water bills out, and the car insurance and everything else, and you have 20 pies, and the next slide, Matt, and you give two pies to God. That would be the cheaty option. If you go to the next slide, you actually, that's your take-home salary, or your benefits, or whatever else is, your pension, and that's what comes in, and that's actually 30 pies. So, you give your first 10% to God, Matt. So, it's three pies for God. But is that everything? Because this is what I felt God was challenging me about, because actually, that's not everything. And the next slide, Matt. Because that's really how many pies I get paid. And if one doesn't pay in pies, otherwise, I wouldn't need this. But it's definitely why I'm this shape. 40 pies. That's what I get, because in reality, by the time I get my take-home pay, the government's already taken their chunk of 10 pies, and my pension, and whatever else I'm giving. And if I did my 10% on this, I would have, Matt, four pies for God. So let's compare. Which one are you going for? I reckon most of us go the three pies option. So this morning, my challenge to you, my challenge to myself, is can I get to four pies? In this year, can I, as a minimum, give to God four pies? Now, I could stop the sermon there. I could say, I've told you what you're going to give. But is that the end? Because if you're anything like me, if somebody tells you, you must... I'm going, I'm not going to give that, I don't want to, I've had enough, I'm going to do it my own way. I felt God was talking to us this morning about generosity. And going beyond what we have to give. Because this is a minimum. Those of you that have been in Leviticus will know that... We gave 10% of our first fruits. That was part of getting the people back to have a relationship with God. It's because they weren't very good at thinking about God first, and God said, I'm going to make you think of me first. So this is the rule. But they weren't the only offerings they had to give. What other offerings did they give in Leviticus? Something for the priest. Something for the priest. <laughs> what else? What else? Animals, what were the animals for? Sacrifice for? Sin. There were more. There's about seven different types of, types of offering on top of the 10%. So if you're only doing your 10% of the, even the four pies, you're not doing Enough. It's all about giving more, and it's all about where our heart is. And the songs that we sang this morning were about giving our all. How much of our all do we give? What's happening in five weeks and two days? Five weeks, two days is Christmas. So, I thanks, Ron. First Christmas sermon of the year. So, courtesy of my husband. We need a visual aid. There we go. You see? I wasn't going the full beard. I thought it might. uh... There we go. Full beard. (laughs) Ricks isn't here. I'm safe. If for a minute, till the next service. How do you approach your Christmas giving? Can we go back right to my first slide, Matt? Please. Next. Keep going. And the next one, please. Second slide. Okay, so this is a member of my family. Before you get excited, it's not Alfie Bow. The lady with Alfie Bow is my sister-in-law, Crystal. Crystal is the most giving person I know. Uh, She's my husband's sister. She's, uh, John's here, Um, she's 13 years younger than Dave, and she has been sick for most of her life. She has narcolepsy, so basically, she could be standing here talking to you, and the next minute, she'll be flat on the ground asleep. Because of that, there's lots of things she can't do, including work. Her husband runs his own business, which is just in development, and things are tough for them. So when I say to Crystal, what would you... But Crystal is an amazing giver. So I can guarantee every time we go and see the family, she will have bought Ed, my son, something she doesn't have much but she still gives and she's not just like that with Ed but her other grand um, nephews and nieces as well she has very little but she always gives first so when I'm thinking about crystal for Christmas presents I do get a bit carried away thanks Matt and her presents look a bit like that or a bit like this, because I will, she'll say to me, I just want some shampoo, and that's all she wants, because she can't afford to buy nice shampoo, and so I, because knowing how giving she is, I go to the supermarket or wherever, and I buy her enough nice shampoo to last the whole year, and then I buy her some conditioner, and I buy her some products, and she gets a present that's like this because she's done amazing things for me and I want to give back to her. On the other hand, let me introduce you to another member of my family. This is David. He's uh, Dave's sister's husband, just to be confusing. And I don't see him very often. He's very introverted and depressed most of the time, so he never comes to family gatherings. I never see him, and maybe five times in 15 years I've actually seen him properly. And in those 15 years, I've bought him a Christmas present every year, and not once has he ever said thank you, which irritates me intensely, because it's just rude, to paraphrase Ro. No, sorry, you use that phrase about other things. It is just rude. I'm channeling her. But he, when, when I come to thinking about him for Christmas, what am I going to buy him? Socks. Used to go the socks route, you know, the, the safe thing. I'm afraid I'm getting meaner than that. I begin to think, well, if he doesn't say thank you, why should I buy him anything at all? If he doesn't appreciate what I've given him, why should I give him anything at all? So I'm more likely to give him this, one very small crumpled envelope, very pretty envelope. It's got stars on it, and I I might put a gift voucher in it, or or I might say, look, I've given to tear Fund on your behalf. God's been challenging me. Because God says to me, you are just experiencing what I experienced. God gave his son. Christmas isn't about Father Christmas and giving. It's about the son, the gift that he gave to reunite us to him. That gift that changed all the rules of giving. That it's not just about the 10%, it's about so much more. And every time Dave doesn't say thank you, I come to know a bit more what God feels like when people don't say thank you to him, when people don't respond to him. My heart has to grow. Ron asked us what we're gonna develop in the next year and my answer has to be love. I have to love this guy even more. I have to love my next door neighbor who is doing horrible things. I have to love more. I have to be generous. I have to give more and more. It's about my heart. Not just my head. My head says do what's right. Give him something because he expects it. But my heart says I've got to give more. I have to move from a place of just giving this. To getting his box as big as this. And yes, this is a true story about my family. But also, what does it say about us as a church? Very hot, this jumper. How much do we give back to God? We sang that song, I give you my all. And we might give our all here. But do we give of all of our finances? I heard an amazing story of a church leader who decided that God was calling him to give back all of the money that he earned from the church into the church. And that's what he was committed to doing. He believed, as it said in Malachi, that God would give even more. Because God promises us that in that reading, we can get to the point where we say, you've got to give your 10%. But we know, too, that God says, I'm going to give you any more. Your barns are going to be full. Your storehouses are going to be full. I can be protective of my pies. I grew up in a family that said, savings is the way to go. You've got to be safe. Go and get a job in a bank because it's a safe job. How wrong were they? But safety, when I think of money, is always what comes first. And God has had to change my heart. And to change my heart, not to think safety, but to think giving and generosity. Whatever God asks of me, I should be willing to give. The testimony this morning was amazing. Because when I go out and speak for Tear Fund, and that's always about money as well, We tell lots of stories of why church makes a difference. And we heard amazingly this morning of how church makes a difference. In the story, we know why we need to exist. And there are lots of people that have come into this place over this last year who are so thankful for what church is. And you that have been in church longer have been investing and investing. And these people are the return on your investment. Dan's had to buy new Bibles this week. I don't know how many he bought. Do you know why Dan's had to buy new Bibles for the back? So 500 pounds worth of Bibles. What's that? 100. Something like that. 500 pounds worth of Bibles. Because we've been able to give away the church Bibles to new people in faith. And we've given so many away that we've run out and we've had to buy more. So we now have special Bibles to give away. But we can only do that if you give. And if you give beyond what God has asked you to and give and give and listen to what he is saying to you. He will provide. If I went to Tesco's, I wouldn't buy curly fries because they're too expensive and they're way down on my shopping list. But God has provided me with curly fries and if I put my 10% in, it's a fraction of the cost. Even if I cover the cost, the reduced cost, God gives. God knows what we need and he has a plan to do it. So what are you going to give? what is he asking you to give to be generous about? When I give my brother-in-law well actually no when I send it via his wife because I don't see him his grotty crunkled envelope I don't feel great. I feel great when I give a box like this. How great can you feel by what God is asking you to give? He will bless you he will return it far more than you've ever given. So please, don't give from your head. Give from your heart. Give in response to the God who gave everything so that you might have an amazing life. That's how much you should give. For more information about St. saviors, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.